back. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. What podcast is that? Uh, Commander Paradise. The one. Nice. And what do we talk about? Um, We talk about Commander for the most part. Oh, that's awesome. Well, welcome to Paradise. On this week, we're talking about our favorite lore for some of our favorite cards. Um, Because there's some discourse online where people were like, ooh, the story doesn't matter. If you think about it, it's the meme with the astronaut pointing the gun at the, the other astronaut. And it's like, the story's never mattered. The story, and, never the story doesn't matter. And it's like, it, the story never mattered. Yep. Yeah. But I thought it was funny. And it's just, it's fun because it's definitely a supplemental thing to the cards. Obviously, the card game comes first, but the lore is like what gives it some perspective. And some of the characters got insane backstories yeah. there's crazy shit that happens um so we thought it'd be fun to just go through huh a lot of it does not make any sense and like it like it's retconned the second they need to retcon it which is like classic like shitty lore <laughs> it's just like yeah <laughs> it's like whatever they need to do to make this make this set make sense they will do it which is totally fine i think that's great you know it's like whatever i don't yeah really good enough um or if there's characters that they're like they died a long time ago and then they're like no they didn't they fell in a swamp and they got covered in mud and the mud made them young forever and the mud just fell off so now they're back and you're like yes all right let's rock and roll (laughs) yeah and like it was like a big deal that like the raven man had been like giving visions to liliana for like almost a decade in the story i think and then randomly they're like, "Oh, the they we finally got a card for the Raven Man." And in the story, it was re- revealed he was a Limb Duel. And see, no, <laughs> no one gives a shit. See, like Limb Duel is like an old ass <laughs> character from Dominaria. He's got some old, he's got some busted cards, which is kind of cool. But they just like, "Oh, I guess he's Limb Duel." I don't know, whatever. That's kind of cool. I guess. Oh man, who do we who do we make the Raven Man? <laughs> uh, Limb Duel, I guess. It's very much a a case of like, and they employ a lot of talented writers, and I think it's more of an area for imaginations to run wild. You know what I mean? It's like, we want to make these cool cards. How do we get from point A to point B? Yeah. Um, Yeah, this is not saying that the writing of the stories is bad. I think the writing of the stories is always really good. Like, the people they hire is very talented. Um, It's just like the plot itself. It's very much uh, the episode of Wallace and Gromit where he's on the train and he's laying the train track down in front of the train as they go. And he's like, it's like that kind of thing. It's just laying it down kind of as it runs. There's not really like a grand plan every four to five years or 10 years or whatever it is. There's a big Avengers style battle like the first ones or not the first one, but like the second most recent ones, the Gatewatch. And he had the war of the... War the machine, the the march of the machines yeah. this past year. Yeah. So it kind of all culminates into one big thing, but getting there doesn't really it doesn't really fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, and you, yeah, and when we get there, it doesn't really matter either. It's just like, oh, it's yeah. cool. There's some cool cards. There's a bunch of crazy shit. But <laughs> it gives us Thalia riding the Gitrog monster, and, which is kind of the sickest thing yeah, that we could like, have ever done. How can gotten. you complain about that? That's sick. So it's definitely good yeah. enough. Um, but um, I got this weird card up because um, 
there's like these player psychology things. I I read Mark Rosewater has an article, of course, he always does about like the different. <laughs> I think it's like the psycho psychoanalyst, something like that, of like the different oh, yeah the, the different way people's like identify and connect with magic cards. Um, and so there's like the spike who like cares about winning and they want to play the play the cards of their best because they're the best to win the game. Um, it's like a Spike or a Timmy or a Tammy um, cares about, like, I'm playing a big fucking dinosaur because it's sick, and I'm playing a big dragon because it's cool. Um, or a Johnny. I kind of feel like I don't identify with Johnny with the most, where it's like you care about, like, complicated interactions and, like, combos and, like, weird rules things. Like, you make a big Rube Goldberg machine that causes something to happen. Um but then there's this one, which is Vorthos, um, and that means you care about the lore. Like, the lore of magic um, is what uh, really brings you in the certain cards and really compels you um, to make a deck, to play the game, to look at cards, to like cards. Um, and I definitely feel that a little bit, you know? Like, I think surface level... The lore is amazing. Like, the lore is so cool. Like, it's so rich and, like, cool. And, like, they come up with a, like, because of the color system, there's always, like, all these different factions. Every time we go to a plane, there's, like, five different, like, dudes or groups of people that do different things. And they all have different vibes, you know? So, like, that, like, yeah. that small, like, that little surface level amount of lore is so, is always perfect. It's always so good. Um, even on like weak sets like Nuka Penna, I think it's super sick. Um, but people consider yeah. weak, you know. Yeah, I feel like that comes from like top down sets sometimes where they kind of go one for one on things because yeah. people are kind of like, well, I've seen this before. It's like, well, shut the hell up. You ever seen a bird be a gangster before? No. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the, but, um, the no, world go ahead. Yeah. Thing. The world building and magic is like is so good. It's amazing. It's always really good. Like Ravnica, like Ravnica is like an incredible thing. The fact they made ten unique guilds and they all kind of do their own thing and they make sense in the color pie and they're like evocative and they each have like a name that's iconic enough and like trademarkable that they can like be lasted for like twenty years. Like that's very impressive. Yeah, I think Ravnica is kind of like the the pinnacle of that. In yeah, terms of sure. just like making a world, because it gives very much gives like Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings, you know, there's houses and there's different intertwining things that go into that. And then you get even more minute and you can tell the story about like individual people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's probably the best iteration of it. So, yeah, and, uh, and so a Vorthos means you really identify with that side of the magic cards. And so, I was talking shit about um, the story in the last episode, so Ryan brought, <laughs> Ryan brought up maybe we do a lore episode, um, and so we're going to try it. And we're just going to talk about, like, what – a couple commanders that we, bo that we both like that have good lore, that we, like, we really identify with the lore of that character, with this card, and that makes us excited to play it. It also just makes it super fun to go back and like so like one of the cards I learned about the lore some today and it was like very sick for a character that really doesn't have or do really anything. 
I think my favorite part of the magic stories are the little side stories they give to just like the random one-offs characters where like they're like this person doesn't have anything to do with the main storyline we're just doing like a little side episode which i think is that's where it all stems from really well like soft world building where you give it a couple of rules and you kind of let like people just tell little stories in that universe you know like a what if or like a star wars type thing yeah but yeah we picked our top three lore flavored cards putting a little salt on them um do you do you want to hit it first, or do you want me to go up to bat first? Oh, That's God. what the said it is. I put the ball on the tee. You are ready to swing, Mr. Brun. All right. I'm, I got it. I'm taking the donuts off of my bat. I'm walking up to the plate. I'm tapping the dust off my cleats. Ooh. Like I'm, pointing to the, I'm pointing to the stands. I'm calling my shot like Pablo. I'm going to tuck my shirt up a little bit so my belly hangs out a little bit. Ooh. Hell yeah, dude. Nothing hits harder than backyard baseball. And the some best lemonade. to ever do it, <laughs> some would say. I should get a Pablo tattoo. He's like that would go top <laughs> 10 athletes of all time. I would say my top athlete of all time. Like, not even kidding. Like Michael Someone's Jordan, like, who's- LeBron James, Tom Brady. Joey Pablo. Ch- What's the hot dog guy, <laughs> Cho- Joey Chestnut? Oh, Joey Chestnut. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. It's top, it's absolutely, unironically, top 10, one of the best performing athletes of all time. He's been that a dude champion. can scarf a hot dog. It's crazy. He's a champion and has been for like 20 years. How can we not include him in the top 10? Yeah. And then Pablo. Pablo Sanchez. So, yeah, Pablo Sanchez is cracking top five for sure. Yeah. No fans or butts. <laughs> Yeah, what am I batting though? Show show me off. What do we got? Oh, I don't know. Who? Uh, oh, I thought you had it under the card. And you were gonna pull it off. Oh, no, like I was a waiting for you. Surprise! To tell me. This first card is a eugenicist. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> I, <laughs> it also speaks to the lore that you can say that about a character, and someone's immediately like, "Oh, I know who you're yeah, fucking talking, you're talking about." about. <laughs> um. One of the original big baddies of of magic is Yogmoth, the Thrand physician. Um, This dude just sucks. He sucks so hard. And it's just like, it's like comical levels. It hits a point where it's like a power scale of Dragon Ball Z. It's like he can't, this can't get any crazier. And then it gets crazier and you're like, what the hell? And then it goes up again and you're like, what the hell? Even to the point that when he dies, everyone's like, I don't even know if he's dead or not. Um, but the story of Yogmoth is that he was a doctor and he was doing some experiments that people deemed unsavory, which is very fair. Um, and he gets exiled. So he's out walking around doing his own thing and it's kind of like jesus he gets exiled at 30 and he comes back to the empire at 35 but during those years do you think he took some time off to be like a good guy and reevaluate his life no no he was even worse basically what happened is he's skipping around all of dominaria and he's releasing like different plagues and different sicknesses and different venoms and stuff into different groups and just like documenting what happens to them. And then he comes, they bring him back because this, uh, the cane of, uh, 
Thran, Thrawn, got stabbed with the Power Stone, which basically gives him like eternal radiation sickness. The Power Stone is inside of him, and it's re- radiating this like radioactiveness, and they have to save him. So Yagmoth is brought in to save him, and then from there, it's kind of like a Palpatine story. Like that, that's the thing is like this it just keeps growing. So he like slowly is like gathering power and getting stuff together to the point where like people are like, are you kind of just the dude now? And he's like, I'm kind of the dude now. And then everyone that he wrongs shows up at the door all at one time. And they're like, hey, you, you're not very nice. And he goes, I'm not very nice. And then Thran goes to exile him again. It gets to the point where it's just him and this other lady, Rebecca, who they get intertwined, but she's also the king of the or the the wife of the king. So there's some stuff. Yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> it gets down to the two of them. They're the last two to vote, and it's a tie vote. So Yagma stays, and he starts ruling over Thran. Um, he's fighting off all of these wars at the same time. He's also building more power, and then. At that time, he's like when he's starting to work on Phyrexian. So he's like taking people and he's like, tr- like giving them different chemicals and transfusions and trying to make them perfect, quote unquote. Um, a bunch of other shit happens. He gets wound up, locked inside of a cave, uh, Caves of Coleos. He's there for like 900 years on Phyrexia, which is like a plane that he walks to. He soul again, power leveling up, soul bonds to the plane, quick spark notes version now, becomes a god, is the god of this plane for 9,000 years, comes out of it only as a gigantic cloud, which is on the art for toxic deluge. He pours rain on top of everyone in Dominaria, melting them and turning them into Phyrexians. And then, only then from the weather light do they shoot like a beam of light or some fucking shit, and it hits him, and he's like, and he disappears. But the whole time he thinks that it's not the weather light, he thinks that it's Gaia, who's actually Rebecca. So at some point when Rebecca died, her soul ascended and she becomes Gaia. And Yogmoth is like, crazy. yeah, Yogmoth's like fighting Gaia, and then the Weatherlight shoots him, and he's like, Ga- oh, Gaia. And they're like, we're not even Gaia, you stupid dummy. <laughs> that's sick. Yeah, so that's his whole story, and he's got like the, one of the craziest stories. Um, but he is also just a human cleric, he's got protection from humans. And then the the whole thing about him is he's got the pay one life, sack a creature, put a negative one, negative one counter on creature, and then draw a card, which is fucking crazy. So much value. But the lore of it is he's, like, spreading that sickness, and he can kind of do it wherever and whenever he wants. And he's, like, gaining knowledge, and he's, like, losing a bit of his humanity every time he does it because he has to pay a life, and he's, like, sacking creatures. Uh, yeah. Sacrificing people, and then he's... Yeah, the flavor on that card is really sick, and it's also yeah. like just insane. It just does so much. So. Yeah, a lot of that stuff from that time period has just like so much more lore behind it because of the blocks. You know what I mean? They were on those planes like so much longer. Um, but yeah, I love Yogmoth. Obviously, he sucks as a character, but I think in fantasy, it's fun to have just like insane villains that kind of give you the ability to run rampant in the worst of humanity without obviously doing anything. Cause it's a fucking card game. 
But Yawgmoth is just like that classic, like the biggest baddie that you could ever bad. Um, I just have fingers crossed. I know he's dead, but I hope at some point they come out with a god version. Yeah. Of him, like that's just like legendary creature god, because mm-hmm. that would be so cool. Because he also looks to be crazy. He's like, god. yeah, but he's like, co- he's like in a meat suit. He's just like all no skin. He's like yeah. covered in flesh. <laughs> it looks crazy. Yeah. So that's my that's my first choice. <laughs> that's a good one. But what do you got cocked and ready to go, Tyler? Um, I have uh. Uh, Willow Dusk Ooh. Essence here. Um, I just think her lore is like kind of hilarious. Um, she, yeah, I don't actually play this deck, but I love, I just love the story. So, yeah, she's from Strixhaven, which is like the magic school plane, the Harry Potter plane. Um, and which is cool. I, we were both really into that set when it came out. That was like one of the early sets for us. Um, and it um, had different, like, um, houses, of course. It had different schools. And then one of them is the Wither Bloom, which is all about, like, um, potions and things. Um, and gaining life. Like, life gain was a big thing. Or, yeah, like, Belladros Wither Bloom. <laughs> um, I just have them right on the desk, so. Yeah. And so Willow Dusk. Uh, so part of, like, the, like, initiation for being a student um at Strixhaven is that you go into the woods, you go into the swamp around the school, you go search for Blex, and Blex is, um, so they have the Willow, uh, the they have, um, pests that they use for, like, experiments and stuff and they're just, like, little bugs, basically. Can you guys see that okay? Can you guys see that? I'm doing the influencer thing. Can you guys see that? <laughs> so, pests, yeah. Yeah, they're super cute. Uh, dude, yeah, they're they're so like cute. I love them. When it dies, you gain a life. Cool, cool token. Um, and then each has a mascot. So like, there's a three-two spirit for lore hold, a four-four elemental for the uh, prismari, um, uh, like a two-one flyer inkling. Yeah, the inkling. Yeah. Pest, inkling, elemental more. spirit. No, it's not Rackers. fractals. It's Simic. Oh, fractals. Yes. No, fractals. fractals. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. They yeah. With plus and fractals so, rock. Uh, yeah. So cool little mascot thing. Yeah. And so, but Blex, we've talked about him in an episode before. He is a pest that escaped, <laughs> and so he got way bigger than um, you're supposed. Uh, they're supposed to. Pests are typically harvested before they outgrow their enclosures. Blex is far from typical, so he got out. And then the search for Blex. And so students are, like, sent out as, like, a go. It's kind of like like a snipe hunt. It's like a go find Blex. Uh, and then, and like, young students who don't know better, you know. <laughs> um, and then they just never find him. But then, uh, but some kids got lost in the woods. And then they found Willow Dusk. And Willow Dusk was, uh, like, is, like, this hag bog lady who like just lives in the swamp and she takes them back um and like teaches some magic on the way and then uh the people that run the school are like hey you're kind of cool do you want to just like teach at the school and she's like yeah i guess why not and so now willow does just <laughs> teaches there which is nice so she's like she looks like she would be super <laughs> evil but she's like 
just a sweet bog lady. She's not like if you play Baldur's Gate three, there's a hag in the swamp and she sucks. Uh, she's re- she's like like cartoonishly evil. <laughs> she does some fucked up shit. Um, and Willow does not like that at all. So she and Esper Ising art, of course, looks so good. The king, yeah, the king. Um, so yeah, Wither, uh, Willow Dusk is just a little goofy and fun. I like it. And all the Commander uh, 21 um, commanders had little blurbs about them, but Willow Dusk definitely stood out to me. Yeah. Definitely seemed like the most serendipitous. All the rest of them were like pretty uh, yeah. extraordinary. And hers was just kind of <laughs> yeah. like, I'm a lady in the woods. Which is nice. <laughs> Which makes it stand out more. Like, Ozgir is like the best lore hole to ever be a lore hole. And he can like make perfect duplicates of to add to his collection. I don't even know what the other ones are. I don't know. I don't know anything. That's about crazy. Or Edrix, but... Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I forgot about Dina for a second. Uh, you said that, and I was like, Dina was not one of the face commanders. And then Zephyr's I was like, wait, cool, oh, oh my good. Yeah, Zavai's like just the, oh, like, the music teacher, the yeah. conductor. So that's pretty evocative. That's really cool. Yeah, and it scales pretty well. It's pretty fun. So yeah. The 10 damage to a random target is yeah. always fun. You just got to get up there. <laughs> who, uh, who do you have next, Ryan? Oh, I was oh, going to say, wow. I did Krinko Mob Boss next. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a huge surprise. I felt like it was kind of uh, timely because he's in the, the what's Murders. the new one? Fudge. Fucking Murders Fudge. Murders at Karloff Manor. Murders at Karloff Manor. Yeah. He's in that set. So I thought it would be kind of interesting to see where he's at right now in the story. It's a very different style than like the old Krinko art. Like it looks a lot more cartoony. I like it. It looks cool. Yeah. The, the old Krinko art is definitely more like a classic goblin, but I feel like that and the new one in the 10 street one are both. um, Yeah. Like look at, look at this guy. Yeah. That's that new one, which is, I like that one too, but the the new Tin Street Kingpin art is like way more in line. I would, they probably just did yeah. them both at the same time or something. Um, but yeah, he's pretty fun. I uh, found out that while living on Ravnica, he's not aligned to a guild. He's just a dude who is a band of goblins. Um, he works for this guy named Mister Taz a lot of the time, who just has him. Doing a bunch of jobs, and because he's a little goblin, he's he feels very blessed to have a guy that comes to him for all the jobs. Um, one thing that struck out to me, or stuck out to me, is that when he finishes the job, he donates a lot of the money back into the 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 Bob, the mob, the Bob mob. Um, so he's he's like kind of a socialist. He's kind of a communist. So you know, I stand with Brother oh, yeah. Krinko on that one. <laughs> but then. Um, uh, there's a bit where during the Phyrexian invasion, even though he was helping fight and do other stuff, as the Phyrexian line would have advanced, he would send goblins behind them to loot 
all the houses because they obviously weren't taking any of the goods. They didn't really care about any of that. So Krinko made a bunch of money off of the March of the Machines oh, wow. war. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and so that's what ended him. Yeah, and that's what ended him up at Karlov Manor, because the way that the story rounds out is that the person who brings them all together wants them to answer for like war crimes and stuff that they did in the March of the Machines War, the Frexian invasion. And Krinko's is that he made a bunch of money off of <laughs> Krinko made a bunch of money off the Frexian invasion. Yeah. That should be a bumper sticker. Um, yeah, and then it ends with them all being okay except uh, Tesa Karlov is dead now. Um, and Krinko's going to jail. That's the last we see of him in the current story. He's being dragged, kicking and screaming by a Boros angel off to prison. To see if he can be tried for his crimes. And Kaya, the planeswalker, is just like, I'll just get him later. Wow. And that's how the story ends. <laughs> so my boy is currently oh, yeah. in prison. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's got he's to gotta sit for at least a little bit. But, you know, goblins, yeah. you know him, you love him. Yeah, and if you, you don't love him, turn the podcast off. I want to shout out a... <laughs> Another goblin. Do you know the, the lore behind Muxus? It I is don't. crazy. It's got to be so, crazy, though. Look at him. Muxus is the king of the goblins of an unknown plane. He's like the most extraordinary goblin. He's like worshipped by all the other goblins. His word is law. Any decree, you know. But secretly, unbeknownst to the other goblins, he's actually four. There's a quintuplets, identical quintuplets. And they roll a d6 to decide which one is going to be in the chair and which one's going to be the king. Um, and then um, <laughs> on a six, they decide to take the day off. And so no one is Muxus that day. They just get a break. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's Very so helpful. funny. Yeah, basically four goblins in a trench coat. <laughs> Literally, yeah. And he's like on the uh, yeah, the throne, the goblin throne. Oh my gosh, he's a twelve dollar card. That's insane. Damn no, that's yeah. oh that's the wizard of barge one. Twelve bucks. How much is that one? Yeah, oh, I might just get that it's one. Actually, eight cents cheaper than the standard jumpstart one. Oh, oh, we're going to <gasps> There we go. They actually reprinted it in Jumpstart 2022. I wonder how much it was before that. I'm surprised it's 12 bucks. That's crazy. It's pretty good. I think it was might it, 15 sounds like well, a number I saw at some point, but comment down below. <laughs> how much was Muxus? <laughs> um, my next one. Zinni Daddy. Zinnigos. God of Rebels. Zinni Daddy. Is, um, well, he didn't start as a god. He started as a planeswalker in the original Theros set. And then in the third set, Theros set, Born of the Gods. I think it's the third one. I think it was Theros, Journey of the Nyx, Born of the Gods, I think. Um, 
he ascended and became a god, which is super cool. So, um, Xenagos sucks. Um, Xenagos is, like, super evil. Like, he's been killing people. <laughs> like, literally, he said the first thing he ever did was kill his twin sister in the womb. And then it just, he went on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he just, he just, just keeps being <laughs> a dickhead for the rest of his life. And so he, like, he murdered some, like, people in, like, his little village. He planned, he tried to kill his mom um and his uh but it got stopped and like normally the satyrs like are grown like they're when they're born they're just kind of left um in the woods and like nature takes care of them but like his mom knew he was destined for greatness so she raised him personally and maybe that messed him up too because it was an atypical thing or whatever i don't know um and so then uh, yeah he's, he's got, got mommy, mommy issues. issues and um then he um in the partying he parties so hard his spark ignites and so he's like the the biggest partier <laughs> of all the revelers of all the hedonists he's the hedonist anist however you would say that he's the hedonist um and um his spark ignites and then he just goes around the multiverse and goes and parties everywhere else and eventually he comes home cuz yeah he just parties <laughs> all over the place that's crazy that's um, so funny and then he winds up back um on theros after years of just like being elsewhere and he's like man this place kind of sucks it's not and like he's like he's partied out like he's partied all everywhere he can party and so he goes home to see if he can feel something again and his dopamine receptors are fried and he's just like man i don't feel shit anymore i just i don't feel good and he like and he's like really fed up with the how the gods work. He thinks it's cringe AF. He's like, this god stuff is stupid. I'm wanna be a god. I wanna be in charge. I'm gonna make this Theros place way cooler. And so he um starts riling up everyone. He starts riling up all the monsters, so like the Cyclopses and the Hydras, um, and the Minotaurs, and gets them to attack all the different cities. Um like um Miletus, um and places like that um uh to distract them nice and then I was he figures the out that the um oh and that blinds the gods because um their oracles um which are the eyes of the gods um are distracted because of like the war in all the cities so the gods ha are like kind of powerless to stop him um, and then he uh, is the one that figures out that being a god um, comes from people worshiping you and, like, their devotion of you, like the mechanic, you know, devotion mechanic. Um, and so he starts making a bunch of disciples of people following him. Like, fanatic of Xenagos is literally this. It's just, like, someone who's, like, super into Xenagos and, like, super respects him. Um, and he gets enough of those that his he gets powerful enough that he ascends into a god he becomes a god out of pure will he like just like connives his way into being a greek god which is super sick and his card is busted it's really good um it's a really yeah. good commander um it's like was the best i still think it's the best gruel commander it's the most gruel of all the gruel things it's like you make a, a big dude and you make him extra big and you give him haste so he does it right now um so yeah 
that's basically Xenagos. And then he gets beat by Elspeth. He almost beats Elspeth, and then Elspeth stabs him with the spear that Heliod gives her. Or uh, and uh, then he dies. Is that no, the shadow spear? That's a different one. Uh, it's the no. it's the godsend. Ah, uh, yeah. uh, just kind of cool. The way that sounded, but, the mic was crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't realize that he was just like a dude that partied so hard, and then he got other dudes to party so hard that he turned yeah, into a god. He's just like he just partied super <laughs> hard, so much that he became a god about it, which is crazy. The cool thing, he's also holding the same staff yeah. in both. Yeah, that's like his thing. Photos. Which is really cool. There's some cool oh, touches yeah. to the art and stuff. And then Elspeth gets like struck down by Heliod. So like Heliod says, Elspeth, I'll make you my champion if you that's why Literally Elspeth's son's champion. Heliod makes her her the champion of um like her like Heliod's chosen. Um and then Heliod sees what she does to Xenagos and it's like, dang, she's too powerful. And he like smites her and kills her. And then and then Holy that's why it's called Theros Beyond Deck Death, because Elspeth comes back with the Shadow Spear. I think I think Erebos gives her the Shadow Spear. The lore for that one that like actually doesn't exist. Like they they kind of like skipped like novel like even short stories or anything so it's all just kind of deduced from like flavor text and stuff there might be some blurbs or something somewhere um yeah and then he comes back and she comes back and like kicks the shit out of heliod and said you killed me fuck you kick your butt <laughs> that's funny as uh, fuck. so that's why elspeth conquers death because she does she was killed by heliod and then she comes back out of the underworld and you got erebus there and then ashiok's there for some reason Dude, that's fucking yeah. that's so hype. That's like that's the thing. The lore is so fun, but also if none of this had any real lore, nothing would change. That's fine. Yeah. I'm still playing the card game. <laughs> and it's like surface level, you know. It's like it's cool to like yell about and like just look at and like when you're at a table like telling your friend like, "Oh, this card is this because of this." And like it's cool in that moment you know but it's just like it is convoluted and ridiculous and like it's not winning any like prizes or anything for it but it's serviceable yeah that's all it has to be good enough that i like looking at it yeah and i like like it's fun to know that if there's a card that i like there's a story like a little more than likely you know yeah but if you don't and then from there, you can make your own shit yeah. up. What were um, you going to say? Dude, this is what I... we I don't know if we're going to get it. Maybe if I knew how to spell. That's how you spell it. It's useful, Ten. Oh, here we go. Oh, it's District. That's why. She, she still doesn't have a card. Do you know about her? Maleva. Nah. She's so she started with 10th district veteran was her or wait no I think this was the oh okay 
So 10th District Guard. So she starts as a guard. 10th District Guard enters the battlefield. Target creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Then 10th District Veteran. She gets a little bit better. Three mana. And so it was in uh, the first two sets. It was uh, Guilds of Ravnica and then Ravnica Allegiance. And then in War of the Spark, they made 10th District Legionnaire. And she got like this sick card. And she's like basically a legendary. And it's like we know her name because the 10th is under heavy attack, but it's being handled. I sent Maleva by Tajik. So she is Maleva. And she doesn't have a card yet. She doesn't have a Maleva card. Um, Damn, but that's crazy. They made there's a new one. It's called Tenth District Hero. We we saw the art for it. It um and it's gonna be in the set. It just hasn't been revealed yet. But that doesn't have Maleva, so she may not be legendary. And this is probably the last time we're going to Ravnica for a long time. So it may never happen. Huh? Yeah, unless they make Tenth District Hero, like that's just her name on the card and it's still a legend but yeah that or she has like her own separate yeah. card and there's like the 10th district thing continues but now like Maleva's a character that'd be sick as fuck yep you can use that as a as a, a popper yes. commander right and she's good she's scary yeah she's like literally, I bet she's just yeah. feather yeah you just pump her give her haste and then scry a bunch and like spin through your feather, deck feathers pretty scary yeah so feather is crazy i've never played against a feather deck, i have but. in historic brawl i haven't in commander i've seen videos of people playing feather and it seems pretty scary mm -hmm. it's just kind of one note yeah. it's like i cast god's willing on this thing a million times pretty much but yeah it's cool it's cool design that's, I think this is kind of cool because you get it gets bigger and you get to scry. So instead of just like rebounding the same spells, you're kind of just incentivized to like speed yeah. run. You know what I mean? That's and sick. she's actually I a really common like that card. Now, so she's in popper, but she was she nice. was uh, uncommon in the original. Oh, with that set symbol, I couldn't even oh, yeah. really tell. What Red it was. Double Masters is a common and then uncommon War of the Spark. Nice. So hopefully she's a legendary and a lot of people are going to build, build her. But we'll see. She's definitely getting a, a Give us my lever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, who's your third one? My third and final one, you'll never guess. The Gitrog monster. <laughs> Please let me know what is up with this dude, because I have no idea. Dude, this is so this is the I saved this one for last because I think the story behind it is just like crazy. I, I speed read it today and th there's so much shit that this about this frog and that no one talks <laughs> about it. <laughs> so it's the story starts out following a farm girl whose father either died or fled and she loses her sheep and she's like what the hell 
and everyone in the town is like, it's the get wrong monster. And, and so this, this story takes place on Innistrad pre Eldrazi invasion, but right before it. So, um, classic like horror plane. Uh, there's werewolves, there's vampires, there's ghosts, there's zombies, there's ghouls, all the like, so like another monster in the woods, isn't like that crazy, but this whole town is like that get wrong monsters out there. And she's like, you guys are all fucking loonies. There's no monster. Her sheep get munched. She's like, shoot, I'm going to go find it. She sees big footprints and she's like, oh my God, it's the, it's the Gitrog monster. And as she gets closer, it turns into like a mystery because all of a sudden the footprints turn into people footprints. And she's like, are you saying that some freaky deekies out here with monster sized sandals walking around and they took them off? Where did he take my sheep? She follows it around. She, and the story sets it up that all the, she meets all the people in town. She knows all the people in town. All the people in town know her. As she's going, she gets towards this boat and she sees all of her sheep getting loaded onto a boat and someone loading the sheep on. And she's like, who the hell took my sheep? And the person takes their hood off and it's her best friend. <gasps> what? And then, so they all get on the boat. The boat goes out into the river and she follows them. And then they see her, they get her on the boat and they're like, ooh, you're, you're in for it now, girly. And she's like, oh sheep back and uh turns out that all the people in the town are in a cult that worships the gitrog monster and brings it food to feed it and keep it happy so it stays out of the town they give it all of the sheep and they're like as long as it's happy we're safe guess what the gitrog monster is not happy apparently it's tons like a fucking whip it breaks their mast it's like slapping people and pulling them into its mouth from the water and it's just like whole all hell breaks loose her and her friend this her name is mia they break away and they run away the gitrog monster's chewing everybody up and eating them he's being a big scary monster they finally wash up on the, the shore of the river, and as the Gitrog monster stands over Mia like this, you know, imagine, like, a gigantic nine-foot-tall toad staring at you like this. She's, it's staring into her eyes, and she's staring back into its eyes, and it hypnotizes her. And she turns around, and her friend Wilbur's like, hey, we gotta run away. Like, we can still get away. We can outrun it. And she smiles and leans into him, and she stabs him with a knife. And she stabs him and stabs him and stabs him and stabs him and stabs him again and again and again. And then she just turns around to the monster and kneels before the Gitrog monster, and it eats him. And then the story does a flash forward where the entire town is empty, and this mailman from another town is delivering all the mail. He gets to her house. Her house is the only inhabited one. And she brings him in and gives him dinner and everything. And so now Mia lives in this town where the Gitrog monster eats everybody. And she, like, brings them to it as, like, a sacrifice. But I didn't know that the Gitrog monster could do, like, a vampire thing where it, like, stares into your eyes and makes you do shit. I was like, that part was it's crazy, like dude. It's a big frog. So sick. And then during the Phyrexian invasion, it just hopped in the water and swam. The way that the story is told is so fucking funny. It just swims until it gets to where Thalia is. It sees Thalia alone, realizing that it could be the one that gets her more food. 
the Gitrog monster kills some Phyrexians and apparently just stands in front of her and like leans down a little bit. And in the story, Thalia is like, and then I realized it wanted me to ride it. <laughs> and you're like, what? See, like that's what I'm talking about. It's like, what? <laughs> like the card is sick. Whoa, that, what are you talking that about? <laughs> that makes no sense. It's so funny. <laughs> But look at that card. It's and so cool. I know. The card is sick. <laughs> it's so cool. awesome. But to, reading that was so funny. It bowed down before me, and I realized it wanted me to ride it. What? <laughs> but the Gitrog monster is probably, like, one of my favorite creatures in Magic. I think the idea of just, like, this crazy demonic frog is so fun. And uh, the card is fucking busted, yeah. so it's fun as fuck it to play. Um, but yeah, when I found out that it had that whole story and there's like a cult and stuff, I was like, that's so yeah. fun. That's so that's good. It. And this, and you would never know any of that from just the card. Yep. And the arm, the arm sticking out of its mouth is crazy. It's very evocative. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. this thing is huge. Yeah. And it says dangerous. it can eat... A man in like three swallows. Yeah. It's like a Komodo dragon. Yeah, it's like, and <laughs> you're like, oh my god, he's gone. But yeah, that's my that's my last lore boy. I love that story. It's very fun. So, what do you got though? I respect it. He is super cool. I also like like they made like a Simic one, Grolnok. He's also got the arm. Oh, yeah. I love Grolnok. We need a Sultai frog that cares about lands. Yes. Yeah. It has to care about lands. Yeah. Because, well, he just cares, or just about mill in general. Because he just cares about milling and then putting croak counters on things, which is pretty hard. I, dude, that's the thing. That card is really fun. It's awesome, like recursion, because basically you mill stuff. And immediately get it back. Yeah. You can just cast stuff with croak counters on him. But at the same time, like, when, when am I ever going to see a croak counter again? <laughs> yeah, well, it's just whenever it, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like you get enough croak counters just by playing this deck. But yeah, they're pretty cool. Give them partner. <laughs> Who did I have last? Oh, you had um. Oh, I got it. I got it. Okay, so this something. one's kind of cheating. Yeah. Um, you had something. This one's kind of cheating because he has like, oh. um, he's had like decades of lore before this card came out, so like he's got a lot of it lore, but it's super cool. It's a Volo Guide to Monsters. And, like, technically it's not a magic lore, but it's still owned by Wizards of the Coast. So I'm going to say get over it. Um, it's so Volo <laughs> Guide to Monsters, which is super cute because in 2016, for D&D 5th Edition, they made a book called Volo's Guide to Monsters, which is, like, it's just an expansion with a bunch of extra monsters and, like, more like powerful versions of monsters that kind of had just like basic versions in the monster manual. Um, so I just, it's really funny wordplay, but then he's just really 
hilarious. Like, his story is just really funny. Um, and he's in Baldur's Gate 3, and he's really funny in that. He gets captured by the goblins, and you can, like, decide if you just leave him there or if you try and save him. I messed up the role. I, like, I'm a bard, and I never fail, like, persuasion. Any, like, charisma check, I never fail. I failed that one. <laughs> and for some, oh, no. and so he got put in jail. And so, and so I had to go into the goblin camp and rescue him. Um, and then he randomly showed up later, which is cool. Um, like, way later, nice. like, once I got to the city, Volo was there. I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> I haven't seen you in, like, 50 hours. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Volo is a wizard, of course, a human wizard, and he um, is, like, kind of a bardy kind of thing. Like, he's, like, all about telling stories um, and, like, um, writing, um, like, like, writing guides to things like he's like it started like in the real world it started um he was like a one-off character in like a module um and he was just like this goofy like kind of shitty wizard like he's not good at magic he's like a low he's gonna be like a level two or three wizard um but um people liked him and the guy who's in charge who was in charge of the lore um at, um l ed greenwood l greenwood something like that um liked him so the next expansion book they made was volo's guide to Waterdeep, and it was like written in his point of view which is cool and then they've done that several times uh throughout um uh dnd's run so there's like uh volo's guide to the sword coast uh which is just like um the where D D takes place, all the lords in the Sword Coast, or in um, I'm trying to think. If there's another one that stood out, but there's a couple other books. And then in the lore of D D, he's written like like a hundred books, and they're all like kind of bad. <laughs> um, and then he gets in all these like just like misadventure kind of things, where he's just like kind of like oops, like kind of like buffoons his way into like stupid shenanigans. Um. But he's such a shitty wizard, but is still a wizard, so he has a connection to the weave. The weave is like the how magic works in D and D. It's just like um the flow of magic through the world. It's kind of like the force. Um, he technically has a connection to the weave. So Mistra, the goddess of magic, chose him to be a conduit for her, kind of like a Horcrux kind of thing. So like if um, because the goddess of magic keeps dying. Um, she's died like two times before this because wizards get too powerful and try and like fuck with the weave and then it fucks everything up and then the goddess of magic dies and everything's like, holy shit, it becomes a mess. It's whenever they need to retcon stuff for the lore that typically they kill the goddess of magic. And so they <laughs> made Volo, the con Mistra, the goddess of magic, made her... Uh, made Volo a conduit of her, and Volo has no idea. The only people that know are Elminster, <laughs> um, who also has a magic card. He's the most powerful wizard in the world. Yeah, fuck that yeah. card. <laughs> Andy, our friend, just destroyed us with Elminster. It was scary. Um, yeah, and um, yeah. So only Mistra and Elminster knows, and so Volo doesn't know. 
And because of that, he lives forever. He just doesn't age. And he doesn't know why. <laughs> and he, like, hasn't... He's, like, he's, like, kind of asked. He's like, why don't I get any older? But he's just kind of like, oh, well. And he just keeps walking around. And then um, the flavor for the card, whenever you cast a creature spell that doesn't share a creature type with the creature you control or a creature card in your graveyard, copy that spell, which I still I still need to build this deck. I really want to. It's really cool. Um, it's, like, yeah. non typal it's like you gotta have like individual creature types and like pick the best one of like a specific creature type which is really cool um yeah i think this is like such a great commander card for that reason it's huge build around just like yeah make everything different very very cool and it's because he's trying to write a guide to monsters and it's like you can't write about the same monster and over and over you can't write about elves all the time you gotta write about the minotaurs and you gotta write about the beholders and you gotta write about the elves and the dragons. You know, you got to cover all your bases. Yeah, you got to spread the love. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Volo. He's just a goofy kind of wizard guy. Uh, he's kind of shitty at being a wizard. Um, but be- he was so bad at, like, just so mid at being wizard, he got, he, like, charisma checked his way to being, like, an eternal part of magic. By being a conduit of the god of, goddess of magic, which is so crazy. I feel like she was like, oh, this guy will never become yeah, a Yeah, exactly. That's why <laughs> she just, did it. It was like, yeah. no one's going to know. No one's ever going to bother this guy. Because he's just running around being a dumbass, you know? like <laughs> <laughs> It's D&D's James Peterson. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Oh, James Peterson is a guy. He writes, like, a lot of, like pro police and like pro military novels oh. but he writes like three or four a year so it's a well-known oh, fact that like james yes. patterson yeah oh that's what i meant God. my bad yeah yes he is the d <laughs> he is the dd james patterson that's so good he just writes a ton of books but none of them are very good and no one really gives a and shit like, it's just kind of always there all kind of mid but there, are, you can buy one at an airport if you need something to do. For sure, you can totally yeah, do that. They'll give yeah, it to you. <laughs> I think that's so funny. <laughs> like that idea. Also, his flavor text: the beholder told me I had a good eye for details. Who was I to yeah. argue? <laughs> yeah, he's always snarky. <laughs> well, also to just be in a situation with a beholder and just kind of like talk your way through it and leave. I've met a beholder before. I've met a couple beholders. You don't talk your way out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you died. You were dead. You, you, I, I died. I got turned to fucking stone. You had stone. to pray your way out of that one. <laughs> yeah. I had to pray my way out of a situation for the first time since I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> and that situation was disobeying my parents. <laughs> if you've never played D&D and fought a beholder, you haven't lived. Beholders are scary. They, like, have, like, a bunch of eyes, like. And then they shoot, like, lasers out of the eyes. And then each, they're super fun to run because it's random. You just roll a D8 and then be like, okay, it's this one. It's the death ray. (laughs) Or the fear ray. And there's, like, eight different ones. It's pretty fun. It's fun to run. Yeah. 
It's always fun because you're like, here we go, and you roll it, and you're like, it's this one, and you're all stoked, and we're all like, fuck, god damn it. And then the times it gets really scary is towards the end of the fight, and you roll it, and then you get real quiet for a second, and we're like, because I always get nervous that I'm about, which like, one is I'm always it? about to kill one of you guys. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, you're like, it's the death ray, and you're like, if this hits, you're you're you will be dead, <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> But yeah, Volo is super fun. D&D is fun. D&D is super fun. Definitely play D&D if you haven't done that. So, yeah. That's our cards that we enjoy the lore. Yeah, those are those are our lore favorite commander cards. Yes, and there's some um, more if and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many cards out there. I've got... I've got way more decks. I could go on for lore for way longer. So if you guys like this episode and you want more lore, comment and let comment us know. Comment down below. Yeah, let us know you want more lore. Maybe we could do like an eight-hour YouTube essay about different lores. Yeah, or just do just drunk history style, like what we just did. Just like butcher <laughs> the story of these characters. Yeah, but with the split, the the strict intent of getting like plastered and then trying to go through the lore. Yeah, shit, that'd be really funny. If you guys want like a drunk magic history video, let us know. That'd be I I I might do it anyway. <laughs> that could be fun. That would be fun. Maybe we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, we might have to plan that. That'd be pretty fun. Um, but yeah, if you enjoyed this, let us know. We'll start doing more like it. We're trying to do. Uh, more more new stuff this year too. So if there's something you're like, don't ever do that again. Don't tell us. I don't want it. Don't don't do that to me. But if there's something that you like, let us know. We'll keep doing it. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for give us, listening. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a rating on Spotify. And give us um, a hug if you see us at MagicCon Chicago. We'll be there. Um, yeah, give us a like and subscribe. A hug in Chicago. And uh, a slice of pizza. And follow us on TikTok. We post there a couple times a week. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're taking, we've been taking a small break between down, retail work and uh, the holidays. So... We'll be kicking it back here soon once we get through all this nonsense. Um, there's something else. There's something else I was going to say, but it's gone. Well, sweet. See ya. Goodbye. Yeah. Smooches. Bye.